constructive, positive attitude or enthusiastic attitude really makes a difference for them. So. Consider your current scope of responsibilities and make sure that you are doing everything you can to make that uh, just very best delivery as possible. Creating this dynamic of parents saying we're not getting what we're paying at the same time, we are investing more and more and more. Welcome to ISS EDU Learn Ask Me Anything with Mike and Dana. Here we'll be exploring how international schools are innovating and transforming education around the world. From the latest trends and insights to stories from teachers and administrators, you'll get the inside look to the global education landscape. So join us as we explore what the future of international education has in store. Get ready to be inspired, challenge the status quo, and embrace a world of possibilities. Welcome to ISS EDU Learn, Ask Me Anything with Mike and Dana, where we bring you together experts and thought leaders from around the world to share insights, ideas that will help improve the education experience for students, teachers, administrators, and parents alike. I am Mike P., your favorite educator interviewer, and I am here with Dr. Dana Watts, the Director of Learning, Research, and Outreach at ISS. Dana, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. I'm super inspired today. <laughs> oh, 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 I wonder why. And we also have, yes, a new addition, but she'll always be here with us. So we have Molly Faye, who is the voice of the audience, is what she calls herself. So Molly Faye, how are you today? I'm doing great, Mike. Really glad to be here with you guys. All right. Great to hear. Before we get started today, just a few housekeeping items. Don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and leave us a review. We could be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify. Don't forget to visit us on iss.edu slash events for all of our upcoming events and also all of our upcoming iFairs, job fairs. They will be in person and also online. Today, we'll be exploring the topic of global citizenship within international education and the benefits of Inspire Citizens Global Citizenship Certification. We're thrilled to have two special guests with us today, Scott and Aaron, who are from Inspire Citizens. I'll just tell you a little bit about Inspire Citizens, and then I'll let them introduce themselves. With a passion for empowering educators and students alike, Inspired Citizens has been the forefront of creating transformative learning experiences that drive positive change. Through their work, they have developed innovative curriculum resources, facilitated professional development workshops, and collaborated with schools and organizations worldwide to promote global citizenship education. So Scott and Aaron, how are you guys today? Good morning. It is awesome to be here with everybody today. And again, you know, I've been listening to a few other of the episodes that you guys have made, and it's always been good stuff. So we're just really looking forward to having some great conversations about probably one of the most important jobs, you know, making sure that we can work with teachers and students to try and make our world a better place. And what are some simple tools to be able to do so? So I'm just happy to be here and happy that we are going to be engaging in that conversation today. I love that already. And Scott, I am well? Scott. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here too. Uh, this is going to be a great conversation. I think we are so excited about our partnership with ISS and the work we're able to collaborate on to really bring global citizenship and the mission of schools to life at school. And the, we kind of look at the how of global citizenship and really kind of how we take that mission statement and think about 
What does that look like across our school and how are we living our mission in different schools across the world? And before we get into this mission and vision, Scott and Aaron, could you just tell us about your position at Inspire Citizenships and within this actual certification itself? I was on the actual website and looked at Scott and was trying to see what his position is, but I see that he does multiple things. So I'll let you guys introduce yourselves in that manner. Sure. I'm going to jump in because I guess, yeah, Scott's got a little bit more of a many hats situation. But my name is Aaron. I'm one of the co-founders. We recently lost our other co-founder, Steve Sostak, a few months ago. And, you know, we are hoping to move on in his honor and really just recognize the great work that, you know, uh, I guess maybe he and I started with. And we're hoping that inspire citizens and the work that we do and every connection with a partner school and every person that goes through our global citizenship course Right. Hopefully becomes an extension of some of what he began, what we began together, what he brought into the world. And so on that note, again, Steve and I started Inspire Citizens probably about six years ago. And it really stemmed from that vision of we need school or global citizenship shouldn't be a weekend conference. Global citizenship should not be an after school program. Global citizenship should not be that one time that you go do this service project where you end up taking away local jobs by going to paint a school when your kids don't know anything about painting. And forgive me, I'd be facetious, right? But at the same time, how is it that we can take reciprocal, mutually beneficial, impactful, sustainability education, citizenship education, intercultural competence, sustainability, and build that into what we're already doing as schools? And Steve and I were starting to do that a lot in our context. And as a result, a lot of people were asking us to do consulting work. And a lot of our schools were saying, well, can you come help us level up this that we have? Can you help us level up the MYP global context? Can you help us with this? And we said, well, if this is what we truly believe is most important, and this is how we hope that all schools are able to operate and people are willing to ask us to come out and help them do it at their schools, we said, well, then we need to go for this. If this is our life's missions, right? And this is a need that exists within the international school community, then let's go full time. And so Inspire Citizens started as a labor of love and a personal mission between Steve and I. And so we founded the organization and set out to try and work with as many schools as possible. And so background in learning support, EAL, talented and gifted and interdisciplinary project-based learning. We brought all of that into Inspire Citizens and we use those kinds of approaches as an underpinning to what we see as effective global citizenship education. And as we began to grow and our team uh, required different people with amazing skills to be able to add, Scott was one of the people that we brought on the team as well. And like I said, many hats, wonderful individual, does some fantastic work. And this is my handover to Scott. So I knew Stephen Aaron from back in Beijing. We were all there at the same time. And I remember when Inspire Citizens was kind of a bar napkin idea that was just kind of starting to grow. And it was such a cool opportunity to get a chance to join the team two and a half years ago, I guess it's been. And I think my official title is Global Collaborations Lead. And I think someone just made that up one day. And it's 
<laughs> it's really interesting because I, I do do that, but do a lot of other things as well. I'm our lead facilitator on the Global Citizenship Certificate Program, and I sort of coordinate that from the back end with a few other fantastic facilitators on our team. And I work with some of our school partners with strategic planning and designing whole school programs as well as student-facing work that involves student leadership or change makers or service learning. And my favorite part of my job is getting to tell the stories. And I host our podcast called Empathy to Impact, and it features students who are taking ownership of their learning and making an impact in their community. So thinking about this work that we lead with schools in terms of global citizenship, this is this student perspective on what that looks like, sounds like, and feels like when they go through some of these learning experiences. And something we're really passionate about at Inspire Citizens is storytelling. And we do that through our podcast, through sharing the student voices, as well as kind of sharing stories through our vignettes. We've got a fantastic storyteller on our staff, uh, Leanne Lavender, who does such an amazing job of kind of sharing what this work looks like in some of our different partner schools to hopefully inspire others and to see that through kind of just a shift in our perspective, a shift in our focus, we can take some of the amazing work that we're already doing in schools and align that to a through line of global citizenship education and allow us to not only live our mission, but gather evidence to, to show some of these artifacts of what that looks like across our schools. Yeah, sorry, that was, that was a long introduction, but very good. <laughs> no, I want to thank you for that. In six years, wow, all that in six years. That's incredible from finding it and also to the additions that you have had. It's an incredible feat that you have had in six years and can't wait to see what the next six years would bring. I uh, think too. Too really fun is that it like comes out of passion right like and it's so evident in everything that all of you do like i love it when you're you hear about an organization that is just started because people had it in their heart to make things better and it just trickles into all the different aspects of everything inspire citizens does so kudos to, to all of you we absolutely love what we do and we we can talk about this all night <laughs> and it's just it's something that you know gets us really excited and still gets us really excited. We are a really small team and we work with schools across the world. So sometimes that's during school hours in our time zone. Sometimes that's in school hours in someone else's time zone. And it's the middle of the night for us. Uh, recently, Aaron was on an experiential learning trip in a tent uh, lit up with some flashlights and doing a, a call with uh, ISS, actually, from, from the mountain. And we were talking about inclusive social studies curriculum. And it was absolutely fantastic. Oh, that is that is totally awesome. Now, um, now is Inspired Citizens programs, are they for the students? Are they for the educators? Are they for other organizations as well? Or how does that work? As an educational professional, you likely understand the positive and crucial role inclusion has on classroom culture. And you might be on the lookout for a community of like-minded educators. Senya International is that community. Senya is a nonprofit organization that advocates for individuals with disabilities and promotes inclusive educational practices across the globe. 
With a network of educators, families, students, and professionals, Senya offers connection, professional learning, and support for educators like you. Connect with the Senya community via our membership program or a local chapter in your area. Enjoy professional learning with the Senya community via our podcasts, online certification program, and in-person or virtual conferences. Support Senya through our sponsorships, awards, and scholarship program. So, what are you waiting for? For more information, head to our website, senyainternational.org. That's S-E-N-I-A international.org. And together, we continue to make a difference and fulfill our vision of living in an inclusive world. I'm going to jump in on this one, and then uh, maybe I'll even use this as a segue into our specific programs for for teachers, and I'll let uh, Scott take that over. But basically, if you want to summarize what Inspire Citizens does, we do four main things. The frames that you just included. Yes, we work directly with schools and school leaders. We work directly with educators. We work directly with students, right? And we work to share inspiring stories. So if you follow our website, we inspire schools inspire educators, inspire students, and share inspiring stories. And when we do work with schools, right, what we do is, long story short, you can find out more by using the self-discovery tool or, or you know, talking to us in a little bit more depth, but almost every school has a mission saying, we create global citizens. We create students that are gonna make a better world. And right away, we can ask them, what are your tools and resources? What are your approaches? How do you consistently support educators across the school? What evidence are you collecting to see if you're actually doing what you say you set out to do as your mission? Pretty much every school doesn't really have an articulated answer to that. And that's also a requirement of so many of our accreditations. That's uh, what is needed, especially when you're talking about international mindedness within an IB accreditation or the CIS pathway too. And it's just a need that most schools have is that they want to do it. They really, truly do, but they don't necessarily have an articulated approach to say, here's the tools. These are the people responsible. This is how we provide professional learning. And this is the evidence that we check in on scope and sequence across the school for how we create global citizens. So we work with schools on setting up long-term partnerships where we help them define that system and we help them to implement, design the curriculum, work with the educators to collect evidence and make sure that that system is living across our partner schools. And so when we inspire schools, we do that. When we work with educators, right, we have our global citizenship certificate that Scott will talk about in a bit, right, where it's online resources for educators, but we also do direct to teacher curriculum design, weekend workshops, and that kind of work where it's focused specifically on the curriculum and not on the whole school systems. We also work directly with the students. We inspire students because so many students are put into positions of leadership where they are the leader of this club or they, right? but they've never worked on collaboration skills. They've never looked at like, what are protocols for equitable voice within your club? How do you back map, you know, from success? How do you look at ethical implications of your actions and who's actually being impacted? Students don't have, those are not things that come, you know, naturally to students. So we need to help provide them with the learning opportunities to build those skills and apply them in their leadership context. So we help host conferences, organize conferences, design personalized leadership programs for schools, and just host student leadership workshops. So students from around the world, virtually or in person, can join and get those skills. 
And then like Scott was saying before, we inspire stories or we share inspiring stories because there's a lot of our schools that don't necessarily have budget and we can't be in a consulting partnership with everybody. So we try and take everything that's been happening and use the podcast and use our vignettes to share ideas, share stories, celebrate the great work that students and educators around the world are doing. So that if you are someone who wants to look at, wow, how could I look at geography, science and service learning, you know, in grade three, there's probably a vignette for that. Right. So we do those four things, but I want to also just hand over to Scott for a second, because really an exciting part of our last year, one of the most exciting parts of our last year is our partnership with ISS and the Global Citizenship Certificate and how that is actually a really deep way for us to inspire educators or work with educators. Scott, I think it comes back to the roadmap for education for global citizenship that we look at as a whole school. And part of that is building capacity within our schools and helping teachers to have the tools they need to be successful. And the the global citizenship certificate is such a great way for teachers to build that toolkit and just have some cool resources and a cool network to kind of connect with with like-minded educators around the world who are involved in this at different schools. And the program is, I think, pretty unique because it's, it goes for it's three separate courses, 19 modules in total, and you can take those courses individually. There's not necessarily a sequential order to it, or you can sign up for the full cohort that's 19 modules, basically starting in September and finishing up around the end of April. And there's breaks in between, but the program can be done entirely asynchronously, but we also have some opportunities to connect face-to-face on Zoom and kind of just have a coffee and sort of unpack some of our learning. And we use a learning management system called Open Learning that I really love. It's not where we started, but it's where we have been for the last couple of years. And it's so interactive and there's a lot of opportunity for just that peer-to-peer conversation to happen in some of those threads. So each week we start a new module uh, with the program and our hope is to sort of challenge traditional thinking in education and introduce some provocations that kind of inspire some curiosity and think about, you know, how might we do this a little bit differently or how might we look at an existing unit through a different lens And we also want this to be practical. So we always have a toolkit for teachers to kind of take back. And what am I going to do with this on Monday? And we've had such amazing feedback from some of the teachers in the program that it is kind of a different approach to PD than they're used to. We think about kind of the traditional PD model that, you know, Aaron and I both come from an international school background. So you see a lot of time a consultant coming in for a few days at school. They're flying in. We get excited about this new initiative that we're going to launch into. And that's sort of it. And there's not a lot of follow-up. And a lot of these initiatives kind of fall flat. But where this is kind of happening over time, and we're working with this community of educators, and they have the opportunity to kind of share ideas across this network. And we can really kind of work collaboratively on this because every school is a little bit different. I think that's something that we really value. And when we're coming into any kind of partnership is that every school has got its own unique place and its own unique culture. And so everything kind of has to fit. There's no one, I wish there was a one size fit all for 
education for global citizenship, but it really is, you know, it's all about your community and all about your school and your school culture. And I think our program kind of allows teachers to kind of work within that and take some of these really interesting resources and bring those back to their, their learning space, whether you're in elementary or middle or high or early childhood, we try to make sure that we've got sort of resources that kind of connect with everybody. And there's a lot of kind of skills that build throughout this program. And I, I would love to talk more, but I think I'm going to cut off there. Yeah, feel free if anyone is listening to, to reach out and connect and we'll have a chat and kind of have a look at the program. It's really cool. Well, Scott, I think both you and Aaron bring up an interesting part too, right? Like it's the integration into the curriculum. If anything, for a program to last and to be sustainable, it can't be a one-off, right? And it also has to be immersed within the cultural context and the community context of each school. And each school is unique and different, right? How have you been able to really, I mean, it's a mind shift for teachers, right? I was trained to be an English teacher, right? You know, I can teach English lit 10 ways to Sunday, right? But like how to integrate math and science and like current events and some of those, well, current events is easy, but some of those things, integrate them together is very different than the traditional way that many teachers in the pedagogy and instructional design that we are kind of taught. So how do you guys do that? Because that that's the key, right? To making it happen and making it all click. Well, I agree with you. And that's one of the a tangent, but I will swing back to it, right? The reason that I got into education was I came from a background in psychology and I was really interested in the rights of all learners to be able to learn. Right. And I love that approach that like we as educators have an opportunity to craft something together based off of the wonderful conditions that are in front of us. And whether that be interdisciplinary context, whether that be diverse learner populations, whether that be interesting cultural context within a school and what their mission statement says. Right. We need to look at it as this is an opportunity to come up with some amazing ways to engage, you know, our population by taking these great constituent factors and putting them together. So whether that's interdisciplinary design plus global citizenship lens, right? I, there's always great opportunities to be able to do that. And then a more, a more logical answer to your question is that we started our organization working specifically on curriculum because we believed that curriculum is the way that we're going to create a long lasting change. Right. But if an administrator changes positions and then they believe that a different curriculum should be in place, well, then you've lost all the curriculum footing. And if you just work with the administrators, but they aren't necessarily um, maybe they're not as uh, skilled in supporting people to implement teaching resources and doing le having learning conversations with students, then the work only lives as an idea within the administrators. Right. And so how do you find a way that you can build systems that engage all stakeholders, build capacity with all stakeholders? And then that way it's being consistently reinforced by the people who are setting up the structures. It's being supported by the capacity builders, coordinators, team leaders and administrators. It's being led by you know, the teachers and the students on the ground. And then that cycle mutually reinforces right, or informs itself 
or greater strength. And that's why we always have to take a systems approach to working with schools to get everything or get anything to be effectively implemented. And I guess a side comment too, which is part of how the global citizenship certificate really came into fruition is because if we as an organization do say we have, I think there's about 22 different schools, 23 different schools that are represented in our global citizenship certificate. We don't have that ability to be on site doing this kind of detailed curriculum design and upskilling with that many people. But a lot of our partner schools have sent 5, 10, 20 of their educators to be part of a PLC within our global citizenship certificate. And so now when we do some of the bigger partnership work with them, they're actually getting more depth because their educators are getting individualized, coached, blended capacity building and best practice resources that they can then bring back to the school conversations and they end up leveling up faster than it would if it was just us doing on-site work with them. So it just becomes another way to strengthen the system, to build further capacity and allow more voices to be part of change leadership. Hi everyone, this is Aaron Moniz, one of the co-founders of Inspire Citizens. My name is Scott Jameson and I'm the Global Collaborations Lead for Inspire Citizens. We help inspire schools to live their mission of global citizenship. We look at existing units through the lens of empathy to impact and connect student learning with themes like sustainable development, harmony with nature, social justice, and the holistic well-being of our community. We also work with students to co-design student leadership programs. Another way that we support educators is through our Global Citizenship Certificate in partnership with ISS. This certificate program involves best practice resources for global citizenship education, interactive opportunities to engage with other cohort members, a great team of coaches to walk you through your learning, and optional opportunities to connect via seminars with other participants from around the world. Please visit inspirecitizens.org and click on the Inspire Educators tab to register for the Global Citizenship Certificate, visit the ISS website, or go to the ISS EduLearn Passport to register today. At Inspire Citizens, we believe that the young people in our schools have the potential to lead change and inspire others through their work towards a more sustainable future. We look forward to working with you, and we hope that together, our resources and your contacts can help to create a more harmonious future. I just want to piggyback real quick on something that Aaron just said. I really want to reiterate the importance of bringing a cohort together from your school to do a certificate program such as this, because when you do it with a pocket of people within your own school, it becomes sustainable within your school. You're changing something, whether it's within your grade level, your department level, your division level. And it makes it stick. I've seen that work so well in other programs. And I mean, the certificate program is phenomenal. So I just wanted to piggyback on that. Sorry, go ahead, Scott. Absolutely. I 100% agree with what you're saying. And we've, we've seen that this year with some of these PLC groups from different schools. I think we have an entire grade four team from uh, one of our schools. And it's allowed them to really kind of look at their curriculum in a fresh light and look at opportunities there. And I want to kind of zoom in a little bit from what Aaron was saying and think about a framework that we use when we're designing curriculum called empathy to impact. And 
whether you're an IB school or a PBL school or a common core school, this is something that is sort of sophisticated through its simplicity. And it's something that we can use to look at some of the amazing things in schools that are already happening and look at that through a slightly different lens. And we think of it through like the head, the heart, and the hands. So we have our curriculum and we're looking at that. How does that connect to the things we truly care about? Whether that's sustainable development goals or the SDGs of DEIJ or some harmony with nature or the holistic well-being of our community. Like thinking about these things that really matter to us. And if we ask educators, these are the things that come up over and over again. And looking for those authentic connections to our curriculum, thinking about how we become more deeply aware, how are we going to investigate, explore media, do some interviews and talk to people, collect data within our community, make observations. And Think about rather than working towards a traditional assessment, working towards an action. And so we have the heart, what we truly care about, the head as we become more deeply aware, and the hands, we're going to try to use what we're learning and use the knowledge and skills and dispositions from our curriculum to take action in our community. And another thing that we use as a through line with the GCC program is active listening. It comes up over and over again. And anytime we're working collaboratively within our school community or connecting with a community partner to learn with and learn from them, coming to that table as active listeners and recognizing that active listening is a skill that we can work on is something that just comes up over and over again. Just how valuable that is in terms of collaboration and civil discourse and working towards an action or a solution. And that's one of the ongoing themes that we see throughout the Global Citizenship Program. I have a quick question. In the spirit of inspiring stories and that being one of your kind of four core themes, I was wondering if you could share like a brief success story or notable example of how your Inspire System program has maybe transformed the classroom or community and some of the lasting effects you've seen them having. Uh, there are many, many. And I'm going to, Scott, are you okay if I, I'll let you go with maybe a, a teaching and learning example, and I'll go a little bit with a whole school example. I won't take too long, I promise. But uh, one of our partners, you know, they saw us, uh, we did a keynote at the Tri Association Conference in November, I think 2021. And they loved it and contacted us about a month later saying, hey, are you ready to start tomorrow? And we were like, hold on a second. They're like, we've got an 18-month timeline and we need to build one service learning unit across the school from the two-year-olds all the way up to the 18-year-olds. And we said, well, if we can articulate it and you guys are committed to having this happen, right, then we can help build it together. And this school, Colegio George Washington in Cartagena, Colombia, has done a fantastic job, not only of meeting their goals and now having one really well-developed and implemented at least once service learning unit across the school with evidence collection and improvements for what they want to happen in the second iteration. They've done a wonderful job of building capacity. They decided to use, they have a community liaison who's like a service learning coordinator that does all of their community interactions and is involved in all the unit planning sessions so that they, the teachers really are responding to authentic needs of NGOs and different types of organizations 
through their learning and all of their service learning projects use their Spanish social studies classes to take an inquiry action and service learning approach. And so from there, right, they have bidirectional and reciprocal learning opportunities using multiple languages, following empathy to impact, scope and sequence across the school linked to the sustainable development goals with capacity being built and administrative buy-in so that the system is now built, resourced, and is running fairly effectively surprisingly effectively after a, only a year and a half of a partnership with them. So I just wanted to say kudos to everybody that's been involved in that team. Thank you to all the educators for all the work that they have done. And we look forward to continuing our partnership with them to strengthen over time. So I'm going to zoom in a little bit and talk about a, an actual unit that Aaron and I collaborated with a couple of fantastic teachers from the International School of Bangkok. And shout out to Matt and Sabina. And they are grade seven social studies teachers or at the time. Uh, one is still there. And they were working. They have a, a, they had a fantastic unit on migration. It was part of their social studies curriculum. And they connected with Aaron and I and said, hey, could we use our personal PD money to connect with you guys during our planning blocks over Zoom and kind of chunk that out? And we're like, I can't see why not. That sounds like a fantastic idea. And so that's what we did. We, we ended up meeting with them as we're designing this unit, like just periodically when their common planning time popped up, Aaron and I would pop in on Zoom and we would kind of collaborate and divide up tasks between meetings. And we were able to take what was already an absolutely amazing unit and have a look at that again through that lens of empathy to impact and these students were able to take their learning about migration, still hitting those same curriculum standards, but their action at the end is, was all about storytelling. So they connected with someone in their local community who has changed locations for a variety of reasons. They did an interview and created a bit of a kind of a documentary film about it and had a bit of a film festival at the end. And the students' work was off the charts. I, I was just sharing this uh, out the other day. It's, we have a podcast as well as a vignette that talks about this story on our webpage. And I was sharing this out with uh, someone else in our network. And they're like, those students are in grade seven? And it was just such outstanding work just with the, the media production and using that to reach a larger audience to share their learning on migration they worked through some VR simulations and still kind of went through kind of that, those different bends of the unit and still meeting our curriculum standards, but with that kind of head, heart and hands approach where we finish with an action that has an impact in our community. And I love this example too, because migration is a, is a very loaded term for a lot of people. Right. And what are some ways that we can look at that experience more objectively and understand that it is there's a lot more universality to that term, especially within international schools. And also the idea of when you share a story and you are able to create media that other people can interact with and be able to understand from the perspectives and feel the joy and the challenge and the pride that this other person is sharing through their stories. 
that is a wonderful way of building belonging. And even if it's just between the students and the person that they interviewed or a parent stakeholder and you know the perspective of the individual that they watched or the school and how it is that they're showcasing the idea of this type of inclusive storytelling within a community, just having, instead of it being a paper that a teacher marks and goes in the garbage, you know, versus this idea for now, maybe hundreds of people to be able to take a little bit more of a look at belonging in the community. It's simple things that we can do to great units that already exist so that we can live this mission and push it further out into our community for impact. So again, shout out to everybody at the IS Bangkok learning office and educators we worked with and Matt and Sabina, great job. Shout out to IS Bangkok. Okay, I just need to interject that in my cohort, I am in a different capacity. We wrote that like back in 2007, 2008, that unit. And so like, it's kind of funny that it comes around full circle (laughs) being redone again, which is, I mean, definitely, I'm sure it's been redone like a bunch of times since then. That was a long time ago, but like, I just remember that unit because that was part of what I used to do. (laughs) Small world. (laughs) As we dwindle down on timing here, we're going to do like a Netflix where you pick your own adventure type of thing. I do have about three questions left, but our time probably won't allow for that. So I'm going to let you select which question it should be. They fall into three categories here. Uh, one is personal, just a random question line, I guess. One is, has to do with curriculum. And the last one is technology. How personal are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> no, not that personal. Just a random, <laughs> random question. Uh I feel like we, we've talked a lot about curriculum, so I, I'm leaning towards one of the other two. And I'm going to let Aaron pick from there. Nice. I think we started off on this note that when you meet inspiring people who are passionate about what they do, it really helps other people be themselves. And I think that that helps us to create greater work environments so that our missions can align. And so I wonder if we can go personal. Personal, of course, of course. Okay, cool. Let's do it. (laughs) But it's not that personal, guys. So the question was just, you know, just as a... What do I call myself? A millennial, I guess, or one one of those XZs. But in regards to that, I was raised in the information type of world, uh, and it got more and more and just more over the years and got overloaded, I feel like. So, and I know that you guys are working with students and teachers alike, and I'm sure this is an issue that those around often. I just wanted to see if you had any type of tips or advice in regards how to navigate information overload so that you could balance it out, just balancing out, staying informed and maintaining your mental well-being at the same times. And what type of strategies could you employ to cultivate such a healthy lifestyle, digital lifestyle, anything for me? I can jump in first. I was on a podcast earlier this year with AJ Craybill and we were talking a little bit about school boards, actually. And it was a term he used that is really stuck with me called strategic abandonment. And I think that's something that schools need to think about because we can't just keep adding on and adding on and adding on because there's no more time. We still have the same 180 days in the school year. We still have the same amount of time during the school day. 
And loading up that evening with additional work is probably not the answer for anybody's well-being. So I think it's looking at our existing systems and, and really doing an audit of what is it we truly value? How is this allowing us to live our mission? And if it's not, maybe it's time to start strategically letting it go. Will Richardson talks about how everything we do in school is a choice. And it's not stuff we have to do or just because we've always done it. These are all choices. Everything from giving grades to having a cascading schedule and how we design our school day. These are all choices that schools make. And a lot of times they are long entrenched choices that are are hard to break out of. But I think if we can really kind of take some time as a school to think about what we really value in education and look at our programs and think about what is really going to support this and allow us to live this and allow our students to be able to find balance and a sense of well-being, giving them permission to slow down a little bit. I was chatting with two juniors at one of our other partner schools, Seoul Foreign School today, about a recent eco-media program that they did with us, uh, with Ivy, one of our other colleagues. And they were talking about just how that academic pressure as they're coming into exam time during junior year and being able to spend a week with Ivy thinking about uh, eco-photography and harmony with nature and deep ecology and just taking some time to slow down has such a huge impact on them And as they approach a pretty stressful senior year with college applications and finishing off an IB diploma, there's a lot going on for our students. And we need to be mindful of well-being. And we need to think about that from a whole school point of view as we design programs and think about how we are addressing the well-being of our community as we roll out new initiatives and think about how those are going to align and allow us to live our mission. Aaron, I'm going to pass it over to you. Yeah. To answer that question again, you know, how is it that we can help to navigate, you know, the increasing amount of information and technology while still also choosing the pertinent information? I'm biased because I come from my undergrad was in uh, Buddhism and psychology and uh, mindfulness and cognitive based therapy. And so for me, take 10 minutes on a mat or on a cushion or on a couch, but just Take some deep breaths and see what it is that you can mindfully attend to. Because the more that you train awareness, the more that you're going to become more cognizant of how is social media impacting me? How is desire to complete and do these tasks impacting me right now? And can I identify it, not judge myself, not evaluate, look at dissociating and take the breath that I need to, to really be aware of what's important. So just five to 10 minutes a day in the morning or whenever you can find that time to just practice training and practice breathing, you'll start to bring it more into your everyday life. And I think that's a skill that many of us can use. We try and work with students on how to build it through our eco-media programs. And if it's not something that you guys do, this is just a reminder to give it a shot. Don't be hard on yourself. If you've got a thousand thoughts that pop into your head, that's okay. That's part of the process. Just take a breath. And a funny thing that I heard from one of my meditation teachers a long time ago now that still sticks with me to this day is that if you spend more time in the washroom 
than you do on the health of your own mind, maybe you should look at your priorities. Means you value your poop more than you do your own brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. Okay, that totally threw me for a loop. For what I was going to say, I was going to say something. I want to come back real quick on something that Scott said too about the fact that like school is a choice, right? And our international schools, for some reason, constantly forget that we are not beholden to anyone. We don't have states telling us you need to take this test. We don't have this standardized testing. We don't have outside people really telling us what to do. We make a choice every single day of how we're going to do things. And we are so afraid to make really good choices and shake the system. And I think you guys are shaking the system. I hope we continue to shake the system because it's a system that deserves to be shaken. And because we school can be better. Education should be something that every kid can't wait to go to school. I loved going to school. I want every kid to be inspired and to want to continue to learn. And I love what you guys are doing. So this is, you're fantastic. Thank you so much. And, you know, I guess I want to echo back just to everybody here in the room, right? And uh, to all the other people that work at ISS or just to all people who are listening to this podcast that are interested in using schools to create change is that, we are a network of people that have the potential to do amazing things. We can work together and we can find systems so that we can use schools to have a positive impact in our community. And we need each other to be able to do that. So if there's anyone who needs a high five or needs an idea or wants to support, ISS is an amazing way to, or a great place to look. And we are always happy to have these conversations with people whose missions align. So in advance, thank you to everyone listening for reaching out. And again, thank you so much to you guys all here on the call and to everybody at the ISS team, right, for the great work that you guys do. Aaron and Scott, before you leave, please overload us with your social media, your email, you know, where can we find your smoke signals at? Yes, you can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's either Inspire Citizens or Inspire Citizens One or IC Global Sit on Twitter. You can find us on www.inspirecitizens.org and contact. All of our information is there. We have free tools, resources, vignettes, stories, podcasts all on the website. Also, we're very easy to reach because it's just Aaron at inspirecitizens.org, Scott at inspirecitizens.org. And right on our website as well, there's multiple opportunities for you to book a discovery call and that'll bring us straight through to Scott. So you can talk about any of these resources in more detail. And again, please do listen to the Empathy to Impact podcast on any major podcasting platform. And do, if you have a few minutes, take a look at these vignettes because between listening to the voice of students and hearing from the teacher perspective, there's a lot of really great resources that might inspire your thinking going forward. I think too, like when we think about change in schools, we have to find our people. This is challenging work and we could be your people. ISS could be your people. There's some great opportunities to connect with some amazing educators. If you check out the ISS events page, there's always some inspiring work going on there. And like Aaron said, we would love to connect and talk about how empathy to impact and looking at holistic global citizenship as a through line at your school 
how we can bring that to life by collaborating together. So yeah, thanks to everybody. Thank you. All right. As we wrap up this insightful episode, we want to express our gratitude to Scott and Aaron, Inspire Citizens, from join- for joining us today. Inspire Citizens' passion, expertise, and dedication to fostering active citizenship and sustainable development have truly inspired us. I encourage all of our listeners to explore the incredible work of Inspire Citizens. Consider how they contribute to this movement. Whether you are an educator seeking innovative resources, a student eager to make a difference, or an organization looking to collaborate, Inspire Citizens offers valuable opportunities to engage and create positive change. Remember, each of us has the potential to be an active global citizen, and together we can build more inclusive, sustainable, and compassionate future. Join us for our next episode, where we'll continue to explore the ways to improve education experience for us all. Until next time, my fellow educators, remember that the children are a future. Bye for now.